Today's episode is brought to you by Canva. Uh, We're all looking for ways to make an impact at work, but not all of us are skilled in visual design. A Canva helps you get your point across uh, simply and beautifully. It's easy to design Canva presentations, docs, whiteboards, and videos. You start with a designer-made template and customize it with your content. Uh, plus, add graphics, charts, and more from Canva's massive media library. Whatever department you work in, Canva is perfect for any task. Sales decks, hiring docs, marketing brainstorms, employee videos, you name it. Anyone at work can design with Canva. Start designing today at canva.com. Designed for work. <clears throat> AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hears from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to BrainStuff from How Stuff Works. Hi, BrainStuff. Lauren Vogelbaum here. Today's episode deals with the subject of self-harm. Go on and skip it if you'd prefer and take care of yourself, okay? When 14-year-old Hannah Smith from Leicestershire, England, tragically took her life in 2013, her family cited months of relentless cyberbullying via the web app Ask.fm. But when investigators dug deeper, they discovered something even more devastating. 98% of the abusive messages were sent by Hannah herself. It's called self-cyberbullying or digital self-harm, the act of setting up fake social media accounts to post hurtful messages about yourself. And while it sounds bizarre, why would anyone, especially a struggling adolescent, want to bully themselves online? It's much more common than previously thought. 
According to a 2016 national survey of 12 to 17 year olds, 7.1% of boys and 5.3% of girls said that they had anonymously posted mean messages about themselves. Samir Hinduja is co-director of the Cyberbullying Research Center and a professor of criminology and criminal justice at Florida Atlantic University. He conducted the digital self-harm study with Cyberbullying Research Center co-director Justin Patchen, a professor of criminal justice at the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Hinduja and Patchen chose the term digital self-harm, as opposed to self-cyberbullying or self-trolling, to draw attention to possible connections between this destructive online behavior and traditional self-harming acts like cutting, burning, or hitting oneself. According to the latest figures, between 13 and 18 percent of adolescents worldwide report to committing at least one self-harming act. And, more alarmingly, among young adults with a history of self-harming behaviors, 70% attempt suicide at least once, and 55% make multiple suicide attempts. The researchers wanted to see whether there might be a link between online self-harm and these negative behaviors. Their study represents the first comprehensive look at digital self-harm among adolescents, and their results were published in the Journal of Adolescent Health. On the surface, digital self-harm looks like other instances of cyberbullying. The victim receives threatening or abusive posts on social media or via text messages saying unfortunately common internet insults along the lines of you're ugly and nobody likes you or you should just kill yourself. But the truth is that the victim is also the perpetrator, directing the abuse at themselves through behavior that's at once a call for help and a cry for attention. As part of Hinduja and Patchen's study, which analyzed email responses from a nationally representative sample of 5,593 adolescents, the researchers asked young teens to share reasons why they had sent themselves bullying messages. Some of the kids, mostly boys, said that they were just bored and thought it was funny. But more than half of those who admitted to cyberbullying themselves indicated that other people were the real audience or expressed some message of self-hate. A 14-year-old boy from Wisconsin wrote that he wanted other people's pity and wanted to be validated that someone did actually care about me. Another boy indicated that posting abusive messages about himself might rally a supporting online community around him. Quote, everyone is going to have moments in their lives hating themselves. Sometimes it helps posting about it online. The internet might be a terrible place, but there are tons of people around the world who are willing to help you, he wrote. In general, Hinduja says, boys in the survey were more likely to have participated in digital self-harm as a joke, while girls were more likely to do it as an expression of what the researchers called deep-seated emotional turmoil. Teens who identified as LGBTQ were three times more likely to cyberbully themselves, and kids who were cyberbullied by others were 12 times more likely to later train the abuse on themselves. As one 16-year-old girl wrote on her survey, after this happened at school and online, I became very depressed. I didn't like myself very much. I felt like I deserved to be treated this way, so I thought I would get in on the fun. The researchers say that this kind of self-harming and self-hating behavior seems completely irrational from a psychological standpoint, that it's actually a classic example of what are called maladaptive coping mechanisms. When coping with depression or abuse, Hinduja says, adults do the same sort of thing. Sometimes we indulge in alcohol or drugs, use smoking as a crutch, engage in reckless behavior and reckless choices, sexual or otherwise. The researchers stress that much more study needs to be done in order to understand the extent of digital self-harming behaviors and their underlying causes, but that it's important for parents, teachers, and law enforcement to understand that it exists and to not assume that abusive and disturbing posts necessarily originated from outside cyberbullies. Organizations like the CyberSmile Foundation and To Write Love on Her Arms not only offer support for people who struggle with depression, self-harming behavior, and cyberbullying, but provide volunteer opportunities to spread messages of positivity and support online. Today's 
episode was written by Dave Ruse and produced by Tristan McNeil. If you or someone you know is struggling, check out the organizations we just mentioned or Google for other resources in your area. I probably haven't met you, but I think you're rad. And of course, for more on this and lots of other mental health topics, visit our home planet, HowStuffWorks.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.